Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. Hey, hey, welcome to the Notable Peeps podcast. My name's Steph, and this episode today is one that I've gone back and forth at with, should I post it, should I not, should I post it, should I not? And it was actually in the original episodes that I submitted to iTunes, and then at the last minute I took it out, because I'm like, ah, I don't want to post it. But it, today I've just been like, you know what, I'm going to put it out there, and, and part of the reason is my dear friend Jill, that you heard her episode, she shared my story with a lady, and the lady who had been in a similar experience at the end, she just was like, oh, thanks so much for sharing that. And this is my story of how I got financially involved with a guy that I was dating, and um, he took advantage of that, and I spent a year of my life paying off a debt that wasn't mine. And this lady that she shared it with had a similar thing happen, and and so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to share this story. And there's three reasons that I want to share. The first is that if you're dating someone and you're thinking about getting financially involved, I want it to be a big neon sign saying, don't do it until you have that piece of paper stating that you are a man and wife. Do not get financially involved. I don't care how much you love each other or think that you're going to get married. It's just a risky, risky move. The second reason is um, because it's my experience about leasing a car as well. And a lot of times people don't know, well, at least I didn't know, um, some of the risks of leasing a car. So I wanted to share that. And then the third reason is that this experience, it wasn't fair. And I learned that all things, there's a quote that I love in it that says, all things that are unfair can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And this is one of those experiences that I came to know my Savior more. And even though that is scary to talk about because it's personal and it's my personal belief and I'm like, ah, it's just one of those things that I'm like, okay, I've just been thinking about this back and forth for about a month now and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. So thanks again for, for listening and now I'm going to let you listen to me and my dear friend Miranda talking about, oh, my experience of getting financially involved with this guy. Hey guys, it's Miranda and if some of you are thinking, um, who the heck is this? Um, I'm usually the peanut gallery, but today I'm actually going to be interviewing the interviewer, Steph, so... This should be fun. Right, Steph? Say yeah. hello. Introduce hello. yourself. My name is Steph. <laughs> okay, so this is a little... I've been hesitant with this because the name of this podcast is Notable Peeps. And I don't want to be like, oh, here's my story. I'm a notable peep, you know? So this episode, we're calling Real Talk. Yep. It is Real Talk. So, should we get started on sure. your little interview? All right, so let's, I mean, we're talking about Steph's financial mistakes here. <laughs> Way to just lay it out there, Miranda. <laughs> so, like, let's first start out with the obvious. How did you meet this guy? Well, let's just call him Mr. Sweet Talker. Okay, okay Mr. Sweet Talker. So, um, we met on a dating app. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, 2017. <laughs> this was a couple years ago though. But yeah, we met, and he was just someone that I clicked with right away, and yeah, very nice. So then you just like were you getting pretty serious with this guy, or like what? Take us to like the point of the relationship where the car. <laughs> okay, so let me back up a little bit with this. So I I meet this guy and I just thought he was like so handsome, like and good looks will get you. <laughs> so we started dating and I just remember our second day we went to Olive Garden and thinking like I'm with the most attractive man here. Like he was just so handsome. So the most attractive man in the whole garden. Yeah. No, <laughs> Very clever. Um, and, and then like, it, it, things happened really fast. Like the, within that first week, he met my family. He came to his family soccer practice. And then we were, um, talking about getting married and came on a family trip and just, and, and that's something that like, I don't usually move that fast in, in dating. And, um, and you know, okay, so here's the big thing on our first date. He told me, he's like, so I actually have a kid that's due next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's regular. <laughs> yeah. Pretty normal. Totally. But you know, he's attractive, right? <laughs> yeah. Just go past your head. It's okay. And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I hope that that's okay. And I was like, oh yeah, like that's not a red flag or anything. Like that wouldn't stop me. So, so anyways, you asked about how it came about with a car is that the baby mama, this sounds like so dramatic. The baby mama took away their car because they got a car together because they wanted something safe for the baby. And so he was like to me, he's like, hey, um, I don't have this car anymore. Would you want to go in on a car together? And he's like, it would help our future. Wow. So like, what were you thinking at this point? Were you just like, okay, so yeah, this is a man. Like, did you see yourself getting married to him? Like, and that's what pushed you into getting this car with him? No, I really did. Like, I just, like, pictured a future with him. So, I, in my head, I was like, okay, this is a really dumb move. But I was like, well, in a couple months, it won't matter when we're married, you know? Okay, okay. So, then just right after that, like, when he brought it up, did he just straight away take you to the dealerships and start looking for a car and everything like that? So we actually, like, the first place we went, you had to get, like, a checking account with them, and because his credit was so bad, um, <laughs> they, we were denied there, and so then he went to this dealership that was just sort of skeezy and will take anyone. Oh, all right. So, like, was your credit really good at this point? So I had been in debt um, in college, and I paid it all off, and then I didn't want anything to do with credit cards. So I actually didn't really have – I mean, my credit was okay, but I hadn't built it in years. How how long was that, like, time since you got out of debt to this point? Um, Like, probably eight years. Dang. Dang. So, yeah, you – you're definitely the direct opposite of yeah. Mr. Sweet Talker. Seriously. So was this like long process that you, from the point he told you, you know, like that's going on the car and then you guys got the car, was it a very long process or did it happen very fast? Oh, it was very fast. Like I really didn't have time to think about it. And then one day he called, he's like, hey, I'm at the dealership, like come sign the papers. And so I did, but I got there and he was like, um, my credit is not very good. So you're just going to be on it. And I was ticked. I was like, what in the world? But I was also 
late um, meeting my friend Sweeney at the water park. <laughs> Don't mock me. <laughs> Seven Peaks is great. And so... So like, I just give I, me anything. I'll sign anything. I just need to get to my water park. No, but seriously, I was just signing papers because I was like already late. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So you were like kind of mad, but you didn't say anything about it. You're just like, no, I told him. Okay. I told him okay. I was ticked. But then I was like, once again, I was like, it's okay. Like in a couple months, like this won't matter. Was he older than you? No, we were the same age. Oh, but he just was, like, very smooth, so you just assumed he knew what he was doing kind of a thing? Yes. And I was naive. Like, that, that's the thing. This is why this is embarrassing to talk about, because anyone hearing this is like, oh, like, you poor child. Like, why the heck did you get financially involved with this guy that you had been dating for not very long and that, yeah. But also, I feel like, I mean, this sounds very vain, but I feel like when when we find someone so attractive, like, we just fall for stupid stuff. Like, and you think of serial killers, and I mean, this is kind of far off, like, leasing a car, but like with Ted Bundy, he was attractive, and I guess you can look at it like, why would a girl just go randomly help this stranger with his car and, like... All the things we're taught about, but if it's this attractive guy who's telling you, like, hey, come do this, like... I feel like we just are suckers for that, so... Oh, totally. Like, you can be, like, so, like, I would never do anything like this, and then, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so vain, but we really are suckers for that. So, so so then you guys, was that the point where you got the car when you, yeah, so when you signed all those papers... All right, so... I just nodded to you instead of answering. (laughs) The people don't get this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was... We're miming now here. (laughs) So, so you get the car. Was it, like, a very nice car? Yeah, so it was, like, brand new, just off the lot, like, super fancy. And the car payment was a lot of money. The car payment was over $400, and so... Like, I wasn't thinking that I would ever have to pay for this. I was just like, okay, you do you if you want to pay for that expensive of a car. And so then you were getting the bills every month? No, it just went to him. Oh, so you didn't you didn't see the money? So he was actually paying yeah, for it? Yeah, he was paying for it. Okay, so then... <laughs> I know, the awkward question of what happened... <laughs> Yeah, like, how did you, how did this come in to you if he's the one paying for the the car? Okay, so it starts with the fact that we end up breaking up a little while later, and he was just like, he's like, so the whole thing is like he was this guy that w- was coming back to church, and I could see a change in him, and he was wanting religion, and then he broke up because he was like, I don't know if I'm just doing this for me or for you, and in my head, I was just like, I was like, okay, we're still going to get married. Like, this is just temporary, and we would talk every now and then, and... Just a bump in the road. <laughs> yeah, just a bump in the road, but then... A couple months later, it became real when I got a statement in the mail saying that the checking account that I didn't even know had a credit limit on it, that it was maxed out, and that was $4,000. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> and, and then... Was that a red flag? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a red flag. <laughs> I mean, the baby, no more deal, but... Shush. So, um, then I, I started, like, contacting him, like, hey, what's this? And... Of course, didn't hear anything from him. So, so did he, like, did you know where he lived kind of a thing? Um, well, he had just moved, so at this point I didn't. So you, 
So you're trying to contact him about this bill and he just doesn't answer? Like, so you, do you pay it off or do you? Yeah. So then finally, um, I got a hold of him and he like promised, he's like, Oh, I have everything taken care of. I just like lost my job because he had been going to work drunk and. <laughs> but like, how, how long was it until you heard from him? That's crazy. It, it was, I don't remember the amount of time, but I just remember my anxiety was through the roof because I only had one friend, the friend that I was late to the water park to, my dear friend Sweeney, who knew about this because, and maybe I had told my other roommate Tara at this time, I don't remember, but like very, very few people knew because I look like an idiot. Like I have a car and a, like a checking account with a guy that I'm no longer dating. <laughs> Yeah, and like four thousand dollars is is not some <laughs> not it's definitely a red flag. Yeah. So so when you he just said I have it taken care of and did were you did you trust him at that point? Yeah, and I did, I did. And then um later I realized he didn't have it taken care of, that he wasn't paying for the lease, that he had racked up even more debt. How'd you find out that? Just more bills in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who specifically, but well, the, the, um, account, I remember it was New Year's Eve and I waited in the parking lot for the bank to open and then I wanted, cause I couldn't remember any of the passwords to things and he wasn't giving me the passwords and it was like the security questions were his like weird things that I didn't know. But wasn't like, it a conjoined account? Yeah, but I, I hadn't set up any of that stuff. Dang, that's crazy. So, so anyways, I, I remember going to the bank and I got these statements and it was like, even after I had talked to him, he had spent all this money and, and it was just sort of like a slap in the face of like, he, um, spent $400 at tickets in California for a concert and then like $70 at Urban Outfitters, like $70 at a pub and, and he had known that I got myself in debt years before, but it was like he didn't care. It was just... He was living large. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dang. So, at this point, where you just, your anxiety comes back and you're like, okay, so I can't trust this guy. Yeah, and so I had to, like, the only way that I could stop his spending was to take him off the count. So I had to take him off the count, and then um, I remember going to my parents' house and telling them what happened. Happened, and they were like, they were like, okay, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you like, did what? Not <laughs> your finest financial move. And I um, remember my dad was like, "Well, do you have a key to the car? Because you like don't have this guy drive this car that you he's not paying for, and that's in your name." And so I did, and um. And the bank had act or someone had actually like get I think it was this guy at the bank had actually accidentally given me this address, like verifying information. And he thought it was my address, but it was his. And so we like went to the parking lot, tried with all like the um found the car, like started it and took it, and then guess who I hear from about an hour later? Mr. Sweet Talker. I'm like, oh finally. He's like, uh, where's my car? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Dang. So, so what was that? What did you hear from him? Was he like angry at you or was he? Well, at first he was just like, hope you have the car. It's missing. And then he sent me a really mean email um, that night. And I was just like, I was so ticked. I was like, why are you being such a jerk to me when you're the one that's like racked up all this debt? And then I have this car, you know, like, and, um, 
And it just wasn't fair. Like, I was made out to be this villain, and and yet, like, he's the one that did... And it was my choice to get financially involved. It was a stupid choice, but, like, he totally took advantage of it. Dang. And did so did you still kind of had feelings for him at this point when you're just, like, you just feel so betrayed? No, I I only have you're feelings kind of, of hatred. Like, oh, so you're done with that. <laughs> yeah. Completely. <laughs> Dang. So you guys, so you had the car now. Was it paid off, or did you still have to pay it off? And Yeah, so it was a lease, and... Um, and so the way that it worked was, I mean, here's the thing with leases is that it depreciates so much. And so the, it had been like several months, but it had dropped like $5,000 in its worth. And, and so if I were going to sell it on like the local Craigslist or, or KSL in order to like get out of the lease, I would have to make up with like $5,000 plus all the debt that he had racked up, which, and, and so that's, or you could pay to get out of it, which was even more money. And so it just, yeah. Dang. So you're kind of in this bind. So you just keep the car. Yeah. So I keep paying insurance on it. I keep paying. It was just like in my little carport with my roommates, like we had a little carport that we didn't use. And so, so you just, just never even drove it. No, because here's the other thing with leases is like I could only put eight thousand miles on it, and he had already ra- a year, and he had already racked up all like mostly all the mileage, and so oh my gosh, <laughs> dang! So just at this point, you're just accepting like this is how much I have to pay off, and yeah, I, I just felt trapped. Like I'm gonna have this car forever. This is gonna be my baggage forever, and and plus I had to get a second job to pay off the other debt that he had. So yeah, dang. So basically at this point you're just working your butt off to to pay everything off. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. How long did it take you to to pay everything off and get out of that debt? So it took me about a year and um I remember when I went and handed like the last payment to the cashier. Um she I just like had to tell her the whole story and I was like, "Guess what? Like this is my last payment." And, but she her her ex-husband had gotten her like into like mine compared to other people's is not very much debt. Like I had to pay off um a little bit more than like $10,000, but But like, still for a debt that's not yours, yeah, yeah. it's hard to swallow. Well, this lady it was like $100,000, you know, so then it's like for, wow. from her ex-husband. Yeah. So Dang. Dang. So, well, that's that's still amazing how you got out of that in a year. Like, I've, I mean, I know you worked your butt off with two jobs, and you had said before, like, you didn't go to some social things because you would be working. And but that's still like amazing how you did that in just a year. But the, like that was the hard thing with social things is that I mean, I was working weekends, I was working nights, and I remember my roommates. There was this like gala or gala, however you say it, that they got all fancy and like what, and it looked like so much fun. And yeah. I just w- I like would like vox my friend Jill all the time. I'm just crying. Like I miss soccer games. I miss birthday parties. Like, and and just being so frustrated of the situation. So, I guess my advice is because I'm. I mean, I know everyone says like don't lease a car. Like I took a financial lit class, and they were telling us like that's the one thing he kept repeating. But I at the same time I didn't really know exactly what that meant. So what advice would you give to people like that you took away from this 
experience. Um, so not to lease, like I feel like leasing, you don't own it. There was this article that I'll post. Um, I think, I don't remember where it was from, but they talked about like, would you lease a microwave? Would you lease a toaster? Like, no, you know, and, and those are like small appliances, but it's basically just saying like, you're putting all this money into this thing that at the end, it's not yours and you don't have anything to show for it. Dang. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's crazy, but <laughs> it's hard asking questions, huh? Makes I know. Yeah, I like, feel like I'm doing a really bad job. No, of this. I thought you've been doing great. Um, but it's like you're asking your questions, but I'm glad that you can see. Like sometimes it really is. You like you're like I don't know what I'm asking. No, it's true. So, <laughs> is there more to the story? Um, yeah, so the, the part of the story that I do want to sh- share is the way that I got out of the lease. Um, and I would still be paying on this car, you know, if this didn't happen. But my, my dad, after nine months, was just like, okay, you've been paying on this long enough. Like, I'll take over the payments and your brother can drive it. And so my brother, he was um, driving home to college late one night and he fell asleep at the wheel and hit the center median, and it was a really bad accident. But, like, luckily, nothing happened to him. And so, the next morning, I saw him, and I was, like, livid. I was like, I can't believe that you just totaled this car that I've been working on forever. And um, and my dad, like, had to come between us and be like, it's okay, you know? <laughs> um, and so, so anyways, come to find out that was like the biggest blessing and also a huge blessing that nothing happened to him. But because um, the car was declared a total loss, the insurance, and I had gap insurance, which if you're going to lease a car, get a gap insurance because it covers. But don't lease a car. But yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're going to do it. <laughs> if you're going to do it. But, um, but the, then I didn't have to pay anything in that insurance paid to the dealership and I was able to get out of that contract. Wow. So then that was like the final thing and you were totally done with everything? Well, no. I, after that, I still had, um, it still took me months, a few more months to pay off the rest of his debt. But, but just having that burden, like relief, because I felt bad having my parents take it on, you know, because they, they already had a car that he could have driven, you know, and so like it was nice of them to, to take it on and, and, and throughout this experience too, my parents were so kind because I ended up just moving home to pay off the debt because I got to a point where I was like, this is like, this is ridiculous that I'm paying rent. And, and that was just swallowing my pride and moving home at, um, I was 30, you know? And so. Wow. Yeah. So I have another question for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about how this is kind of like a story of forgiveness and which I mean, This guy literally made you in debt. Like, this wasn't your debt. This was definitely his. So, um, and you talked about how you had so much hatred for him. So, how did that, like, what's the journey of your, your hatred for this guy to forgiving him? See, I told you you're asking good questions. That's an awesome (laughs) question. Um, so actually, I remembered that, uh, that first week of just praying. When I found this out, because I, I literally had never had that much hatred for someone, but just like praying for my heart to be softened. I was like, ooh, I don't like this feeling. Like, 
please soften my heart. And I mean, my like my heart was definitely softened and, and I still had hatred, but it was a process. Um, and I remember one day I was at church and I just was like, you have a choice to be happy. You can either like be miserable or you could be happy. And so I was like, okay, today when I leave church, like I am going to like not dwell on this and I'm going to be happy. And I remember there was a mingle afterwards. And seriously, if you heard the story back then. It's because I probably word vomited at this mingle. Like someone probably was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, and like well, like, I at least a car. And I was like, whoa. But, um, but really like after that, I re- I was like, it's just money. Like life is still good. And I really tried to live with that, that principle. And I feel like that changed my attitude too, of not having that pity party and gave me, helped me forgive more. But, um, so, I mean, it was definitely gradual. And I mean, there's those times that it's like, it wouldn't affect me. And then those times that I would be like, that's stupid, you know, like, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mr. Sweet Talker ruining my life. But, um, but I think the coolest experience was that, um, I think it was October of that year. I asked him to meet me at a park and we hadn't seen each other since we broke up. And he was hesitant, of course, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> yeah, you know. And so, um, so I met him and I just told him, I forgive you. And I just needed to like share those words because I didn't want to be jaded. I didn't want to be a man hater. I didn't want this experience to just be that excess baggage of just hating the world, you know? And, and it felt so good to tell him that I forgave him and I didn't expect for him to say, I'm sorry. Um, even though he did. And, and you know, it was one of those things that when I saw him, I was like, because he was someone that I always thought was so attractive when I saw him, I was like, Oh, and I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was like, oh, he doesn't look very good, you know? And I know that's I thought too- it was going to go the other way of like, oh, I want you back. No, no, not at all. But it, it's just like, you know, when you see someone that you've dated and you're like, oh, man, you just haven't been kind to you, you know? Um, and that sounds totally mean, but I think that it was just a good closure of... Okay, you know, like, I've, I've done my part, and, and, and now I can honestly say, like, I really, even though he never, he paid, like, back probably, like, a couple hundred dollars, but never paid anything else, and I can honestly say, like, that I forgive him, and I really, I don't even think about him in this, this story, because it's just like, okay, it's You got past. your closure. Yeah. And I think the other thing that sort of helps with this is he had told me in that experience that the girlfriend after me... He also got a car with, and she had to pay off thousands of dollars of his gambling debt to a bookie. So he told you this while you were telling him you forgave him? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, don't feel like you're alone in this. <laughs> yeah, so that's three girls oh, that he wow. got cars with and, like, got financially involved with. And so, wow. yeah. So I know that sounds, like, dumb that it made me feel better, but then I was like, oh, I'm not the only naive person. No, totally. But were you nervous to go see him? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I would be way nervous if that was me. Because it's, like, this guy. Yeah. But, Dang. But he's just manipulative, I can tell, just from his his girlfriend. You know, history. honestly, like, and I, I'm like, I really don't want this to be like trash talking on him or anything. Like, he just has some things that he needs to figure out in his life, and I honestly, like, I hope that he has and that he does like realize his mistakes and that he's able to like have a good life. See, look at you being the bigger person. Well, but like the thing is, Miranda, if I would have let that like. 
like festered, like I guarantee, cause I remember at the time, like the, the first date I went on after, um, all this happened, I remember the guy like said something nice and I was like, sweet talker, what a jerk. You know, like, <laughs> and like, I just, I was very jaded towards <laughs> men and I didn't want that to happen because there are so many good men in this world. Yeah. No, it's true, but I just think this is also, I mean, this is a story that shows your great financial mistakes and, like, what you shouldn't do, but I also think it's a good story as, like, you were given this situation and this guy totally got you in so much debt and it wasn't yours, but there really wasn't anything you could do about it. Like, you just had to pay it off and that was the situation and... And you obviously had feelings of hatred, but you took that situation that you couldn't really change. And even though it was unfair and it was, you know, no one wants to pay off this money that's especially not yours. And, but you just took that situation and you made the best of it and was like, you know, I'm going to forgive this guy. And, and I just think that's awesome, you know, cause that's how we can take any life situation that we can't necessarily change is it really is about your attitude and, what you take away from it, you know? Well, and like you were talking about with unfair, like the motto of my life became all that is unfair in life can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I think before I thought like, oh yeah, like Jesus feels my like pain. He feels my struggle. And, and I like, I thought that, but really being like, okay, I have, I am forgiving this person and putting it into action and really being like, okay, this is tough. And I mean, that year brought me to my knees so many times of just <laughs> like these like prayers just like bawling, you know? And, and I think also I felt like this was like baggage that no one would ever be able to like love me like with this baggage, you know, that would like, while well, I had this guy's debt. It's like so, so weird, but. That's just how I felt. And, and, but I also was able to relate it to that the Savior's paid a debt for all of us that, that wasn't his, you know, like for all of our mistakes. Um, like he's paid that debt and he really knows what, what it feels like. And so. Dang, that's, that's a very good analogy. I wasn't even thinking about that, but no, it's, it's true. And I feel like it is unfair and, and life is unfair, you know, and we always have that those moments where like this isn't fair and we have to pay the price for someone else's decisions and and even even though it's not the, as severe as like debt usually and that much in debt or leasing a car but they're they're definitely small things and we can just sit there and complain i guess and be like this isn't fair or just you know do it do what we have to do and take away like a life lesson, you know, like you did. So I definitely think you were the bigger person in this. <laughs> well, thanks. It didn't start out that way, but I mean, <laughs> who would start out that way? You know, like yeah. I, you can't, it's just what you ended with and took away from it. I yeah. feel like, so it's interesting beyond the receiving side of like interviewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not even interviewing. I'm like, I'm just talking with No, you, you. are, but it's like, because when I've been, like, interviewing these people, I don't have to talk very much. It's just me being like, tell me your story, and they do, and, like, they're real, but then when it's me, I'm like, 
well, I don't, I, like, as I'm thinking, and I, like, said that thing about, like, dating, and I felt like this was my baggage, I'm like, oh, I'm totally gonna edit that out, or I'm totally gonna edit these things out, and I'm like, why? Because I sound stupid, and I sound, like, vulnerable, like, why am I gonna edit no, that out? that's why you should keep it in. I know, but it's, like, scary. Yeah, but... You know what to all you listeners out there, think of all the Ted Bundy victims and all these people. I mean, it's true. Like, if you have this really attractive person, like, whether you're a guy or a girl, like, I feel like we just fall for things. And, like, you can say, don't ever do this mistake or or whatever. But when you're looking into the eyes of, like, this angel, you know, you think he's, like, the most attractive man in the garden. All of all of the garden. Yeah, you're definitely... A little bit more hesitant, for sure. And it sounds so vain, but I definitely think it's true. You know, psychology people. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> totally. So. so, I think that's it that I wanted to share. Yep. Don't lease the car, folks. Yeah. And, and like, that's the thing with the... I, I know that this is, like... It's always scary to put up something controversial, and I know that a ton of people do lease, because you can get the newer models, and it's, like... There's always something new, but just from this experience, I just, if I would have, if he would have bought the car, it would have been a lot different than leasing. Oh, totally. Because you never know what life circumstances might come like, so. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, it's, I don't know if people just don't know the background of leasing a car where it's like, like you're saying, it's never really yours. Like you don't really own it. And they have all these things like you pay money, you can't really get out of the lease and... So it just doesn't seem like a logical decision. You know, like when you look at all of the long-term things, because I don't know, maybe people do when they lease a car, they know all about it. I don't know. But for me, it just kind of seems like people are like, oh yeah, I do want this newer model and this is the fast way to get it. You know, it makes sense. Let's do it. Like you don't really know the full And it's thing. especially like younger people, because I feel like it's like everyone wants to like have that like flashy look yeah and and now like it is so attractive to me when a guy picks me up and he has an old car because i'm like oh he's probably not in debt (laughs) yeah very true so not saying that if they have a new car they are but (laughs) but you know like it just i don't know yeah you just have that like okay they didn't lease a car (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) any final thoughts for the people stephanie Nope. <laughs> and now I'm like, I really, in my head, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really want to post. <laughs> just, just do it. And that's the thing. I think that I will just because I'm like, okay, I'm just going to share my story. So um, check out, I'm going to have links to some articles about leasing and then also my more about my experience with Mr. Sweet Talker and how I got in my debt. So check out notablepeeps.com for that. And thank you, Miranda. Miranda's like so great to do episodes with me. Like seriously. <laughs> usually I'm the peanut gallery, you know. <laughs> you see, like usually it was just that one episode. I know. <laughs> that one time. You know I want it, you know? Hey, don't 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 like diminish but my remember efforts. Remember I got that comment that someone was like, I really like Miranda's voice and her laugh. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely a compliment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, random citizens. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually my sister, but that's okay. <laughs> thanks, Cami Shoal. <laughs> so, I love you. Okay, well let's finish talking. Um thanks again for listening to Nodal Peeps. Thank you, Miranda. Remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. Mm-hmm.
All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my 